We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, my people. We are... Eight days away from the NFL Draft, we're finally going to put new names on 32 rosters around the league. Enough of the mocking. It'll be tangible, real results. We're going to be at Pete's Sports Bar in North Beach, KJ Podcast, meet up, got to pod for 10 minutes, listen to music for 10. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, trying to make this a 49ers faithful takeover. Come. It's a Thursday. The draft's going to start at 5. We're going to get there at 4 o'clock. It would be huge for me if you showed up to this event. Shout out to my boy DB, Doug. He was sitting at Pete's Bar listening to us playing this podcast. He came up and said, yo, I'm a KJ podcast listener. I'm trying to make this fun for my Bay Area people. Going to have some giveaways. Even if you can't make it, I appreciate you listening to this pod. It's gained a lot of steam. The last couple months, still the offseason, and we're talking 49ers, we're talking everything NFL. We put our thinking caps on, KJ Podcast, what are John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan thinking? We've really, I think, took a deep dive into the first round. Let's talk second today. We haven't done that too much. Let's talk about some first and second round pairings. Five scenarios going through the 49ers' head right now. If we take this player in round one, who would we take? Round two. 
I got to first give John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan some props. I think the visits they've lined up, other teams look at who's visiting with the 49ers, and they've invited every big prospect, Harold Landry, Tremaine Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, Roquan Smith, Denzel Ward, any of those big guns who they think is going to be there. Really, we don't know who the 49ers are going to pick. Roquan Smith is starting to make the most sense because of Reuben Foster. Last year, I thought it was between Solomon Thomas and Jamal Adams. They had the number two overall pick, so it really could have been every, anyone. A lot of people thought they were going to trade down, too. This year, cards close to the vest. Really doesn't feel like we know who the 49ers are going to pick. Minka has been the most popular in mock drafts, but 49ers, I give them props. You're supposed to have other teams guessing. Trade scenarios come up. You don't want to be linked to a certain player. Plus, a lot of what goes on, you'll always hear Kyle Shanahan say, yeah, I got to know him a little bit during the draft. That normally means Kyle took a visit with the player, put him on the practice field, got to know their traits. Kyle is doing opponent study right now, too. He knows some of these top players. They're not going to get all of them, but they're building a book. This is what separates great coaching staffs, the ones who use March and April to get to know prospects to use them in their own game plans. All right, let's take Arden Key, for example. They get him out on the field. They realize, oh, he's not that good at this technique. Now Joe Staley, Trent Brown, use this technique against Arden Key if he ends up on the Arizona Cardinals. Little things like this is what separates a coaching staff. And I'll tell you, that's what's going on in the building right now. These aren't just ho-hum, come down to the cafeteria, let's shoot the shit. This is, all right, We're literally going to build a book today, a profile on Josh Jackson. We're probably not going to end up getting him. He's going to go in the late first round. Somehow, if there's a trade-up scenario, we we don't get our corner. We really like his length. You find out things you like about someone. I guarantee the 49ers have thousands of these profiles of players around the league. I guarantee John Lynch, Martin Mayhew, Adam Peters, that scouting department, are heavily involved in what's going on or logging information because you're trying to build a 53-man roster. Someone from this draft that you don't pick is going to end up on your team at some other point. Wanted to point that out to you, KJ Podcast. Let's dive into a couple of these scenarios, what I think are some likely ones. Just start with Roquan. He comes in. He's the ninth overall pick. Does it make sense to start him at Will Linebacker in more of a coverage role instead of Mike and putting a lot of responsibilities on him year one? Or do you just throw him in there, say he's a very smart football player, he doesn't have any injury rehab. Ruben Foster, remember, missed most of OTAs, didn't really debut till training camp, came out, made a bunch of interceptions, slowly worked his way to the starting lineup. I don't know. Do you throw everything on Roquan Smith? They'll have to plan that out, what type of player he'll be. I think you put him more in coverage year one, put him where he's going to succeed. He's still a good run defender, but uh, I would think he'd be starting day one next to Malcolm Smith. And then Brock Coyle, you like Brock Coyle as your backup. That's a depth piece you feel better about. So that's the first pick at 59. Maybe it's a little early. I'm going Josh Sweat. I'm solving edge. I recognize, okay, Rokon was the best fit there. We have uncertainty with Reuben Foster. We still don't have a pass rusher on this team. Josh Sweat has the injury concerns. And he only really has 14 and a half sacks in 35 career games. Some of his tape 
isn't as impressive. He missed most of 2017 with injuries. He is by no means a perfect prospect, but at 6'4", 251, he's running a 4'5 in the 40-yard dash. Defensive ends is where I measure the 40-yard dash. Not receivers as much, not running backs as much. Defensive ends, if you have an elite 40-yard dash, if you are an edge player like that, your feet are moving quickly. You're hard for offensive linemen to deal with. I see Josh Sweat being a, a decent edge, a player the 49ers really need. They're, they're taking on a need here. Maybe he's not the highest on their board. Maybe they could wait till the third round to get him. I'm plugging in Josh Smith, or excuse me, Josh Sweat. Chesapeake, Virginia is where he's from. Just a lot of NFL athletes are from that area. The Undefeated just ran a huge piece on that area. Hampton Roads is what it's called. I'm from Northern Virginia, so I just know this area well. Camp Chancellor, Bruce Smith, Plaxico Burris, Will Fuller, D'Angelo Hall, Dre Bly, Daryl Tapp was a great D-lineman for many years. Still in the league, actually. Percy Harvin, Gerard Mayo, Tyrod Taylor, um, Antoine Bethea. Mike Tomlin was a good defensive back in the league for a while. He's from Hampton Roads. Obviously, Michael Vick, Sean Springs. There is uh, Lawrence Taylor's from there. There's just a level of talent and football ingrained in that culture. And there's good high school football coaches down in Chesapeake, Virginia. They're normally whooping uh, Northern Virginia's ass besides Westfield High School. Shout out. We're getting uh, into some Virginia talk here. But bottom line, I like Josh Sweat's background. I like his athletic ability. I think he's the best edge on the board at that point. And I'm pulling the trigger. And I'm feeling really damn good walking into day three with Roquan Smith and Josh Sweat on my roster. We're trying to bolster this defense. It's clear what the 49ers are doing. I think that's scenario one. And you're walking away feeling great about that. Second most likely scenario, and you know, I don't love this one, but I think it's the second most likely is Minka Fitzpatrick. He comes in, plays slot corner the first year. He pushes K1 Williams off the field. May, I mean, you might be able to deal K1 for a fourth or a fifth round pick, or you might just want to keep it as depth. But K1 does not play outside corner, he is a nickel specialist. That's what I think Minka is year one. Also a, a rover type of linebacker on third downs where he played really well at Al- Alabama. I don't know his transition, guys. I can't tell you he's going to be a star. I- I'll be surprised if it clicks early for him, but it could. It could. There's a lot of people who think he's going to be a really good player. If that's the pick and the secondary's bolstered, Austin Corbett, the left guard from Nevada, is starting to make a lot of sense. 6'4", 305. 49ers come out and say it. Listen, our top priority is protecting Jimmy Garoppolo. We believe in the weapons we have around him. We believe in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. We needed a boost up front. We're going to let him compete with Lakin Tomlinson, Joshua Garnett, Jonathan Cooper. We feel like we have a bunch of solid pros and now a young piece here. It would be an indictment on Joshua Garnett. If Corbett was the pick here, I would think the 49ers don't have big plans for Joshua Garnett and are going to be happy if they get anything out of him. I mean, they signed Jonathan Cooper too. Weston Richburg, that was, you know, they paid a lot for a center who's 
he did great individually in New York, but their O-line has not been a strength of that football team. Now he's going to come in and expect it to, to run things up front. You trust Kyle Shanahan's evaluation, but why not? Let's protect Jimmy G. I'm, I would be cool with this pick. You don't have to pay, overpay for O-line now in free agency next offseason if it's an issue. You're trying to say, Corbett, we're sure he's going to be like Joel Batonio, another left guard that I always talk about from Nevada. Um, the scouting report here from NFL.com. Fires with his hands, above average football intelligence. Plays lateral quickness. This is a Kyle Shanahan pick, a light guard. Um, if he, if Kyle thinks he has Pro Bowl potential, I really think it should be the pick. I, I like getting Pro Bowlers in the draft and not free agency. Not Allen Robinson in free agency where the player has already reached some potential and you're, you're not to pay him a lot of money. I like... Let's draft a pro bowler here. I'd be completely cool with this pick. Could be a number of other guards. I think Austin Corbett is what Kyle Shanahan looks for. KJ Podcast running through some 49ers draft scenarios. First and second round. Maybe we'll touch some sleepers as well at the end. Third scenario is my dream scenario, and I get to do that on the KJ podcast. I don't think it's the most likely one the 49ers are considering, but I think these are the two best players they could acquire to their roster at the given slot. Harold Landry, you guys know my man crush at this point. I'm not going to continue to move on and on about him. If he goes in last year's draft, he's a top five pick. He probably has a Miles Garrett type of impact wherever he goes, which was what, seven and a half sacks last year for Garrett in like 10 games or something. He had that ankle sprain he was dealing with. So, yeah, some edge rushers are nicked up from time to time. I think Harold Landry will battle injuries, and that is maybe why the 49ers won't pick him. But I do envision a Pro Bowl or two in Harold Landry's future. I do envision if he comes here pressuring the quarterback and the defense having a different feel up front and like oh finally we have the missing piece and it even helps Solomon Thomas and it's just completely absurd to think it's going to be Armstead and look Armstead's going to be out of the picture that's what I got to bring up here Armstead has played less than 30% of the snaps back-to-back years if you don't get Harold Landry or Josh Sweat and you do pick a Corbett and you don't have this are, are you really counting on Eric Armstead to be your Leo you know his injury history. You know he just has not been a productive player in the league. You, you got to just think here. If they don't draft this position now, they're going to re-sign Elvis Duberville. They might have to. If they don't pick Harold Landry or Josh Sweat or get the guy they want, they're going to have to consider alternative options. Um, yeah, so Harold Landry, you're feeling great. You go to bed Thursday night. You've got the pass rusher. A lot of the fan base is into it. What do you do after that? Do you really try and hit a home run here? James Washington, the Oklahoma State receiver. If he's on the board at 59, Kyle didn't expect him to fall, had a you know a top 15 pick grade on him. He's at 59. Or it's just a receiver that Kyle didn't expect. They have a first round grade. He's almost there. And it's basically the third round pick 59. James Washington, 5'11", 213". 
four five forty. I mean, he's got more of a running back's body. There's some weird things about his tape, but I love him underneath and I love him deep. And it's rare I say that. He does remind me of Pierre Garcon a little bit. He's getting Marvin Jones comparisons. Really good at escaping press coverage. I mean, he's averaged over 20 yards per catch the last three years. They were looking for him deep. He put Mason Rudolph on the map with a lot of his catches. He surprises cornerbacks with his speed. I'm I'm all about him, but I get Equinemius St. Brown too. I mean, that could be a Martavis Bryant type of tall, deep threat. I would like that pick too. So if it's Harold Landry, you're feeling good. I really don't like that linebacker position, but I, you could wait till the third round for a linebacker. You could wait till the third round for a guard. Here could be a sweet spot for a wide receiver late second round you didn't think was going to be there. You're about to head into the third round with two picks right there. I'm, I would consider receiver, obviously, in the second round. You have to. Anthony Miller, too, I think is another guy Kyle Shanahan would love. He can play slot and the outside. Wins 50-50 balls, plays much bigger than 5'11", been compared to Doug Baldwin. Steve Smith Sr. saying it reminds him of himself watching tape with Anthony Miller. It would be a reach there in the second round, but I Miller is jumping up people's boards. And skill players do go second, third round. Kyle could get a little antsy like he wants one, like, hey... We didn't really get one in free agency, but well, you got Jarek McKinnon, but didn't get a receiver or a tight end at all. So I think that would be a home run. Harold Landry and a receiver that Kyle loves. So it depends who it is. I don't think it automatically moves Marquise Goodwin off the field. I do think the 49ers are going to be playing more shotgun four wide receivers than Kyle has traditionally played, at least not in Cleveland and D.C. that much, but... Yeah, the playbook will look more like Atlanta's, will look a little bit like New England's. There'll be some Tom Brady concepts in there. So we'll see who the receiver is. If it's James Washington, I think he starts as, yeah, I guess your fourth receiver. It's weird to take a guy here, but it's really Pierre's 32. Goodwin isn't locked up long, long term. And he's not the youngest guy either. Just an, a young outside receiver. You got slot. You got Kendrick Bourne has potential slot with Trent Taylor's young. It, it does seem like a luxury pick, but um, weighing wide receiver here. That with Harold Landry, I think would be fans would be doing cartwheels in the backyard. Another scenario I wrote down: Tremaine Edmonds. I think Mayoko is really hyping him up. Daniel Jeremiah hyping him up. There are some very credible people that have Tremaine Edmonds. He's going to be twenty years old. So I guess you put him at Sam linebacker, and this is where I like that. I mean, Eli Harold played 40% of the snaps last season. Who is your Sam linebacker right now? That's not a position that's really been addressed. Tremaine Edmonds comes in there and locks down Sam. If he's a damn good player, that makes that side of the field much difficult to, to run against. I guess he's a run defender. Tremaine Edmonds and then... This may seem like a weird pairing to you, Brian O'Neill, and a lot of people have him in the third round, but I have the pit left tackle going late second, six seven three oh five, recruited to play tight end, played basketball in high school, super athletic, four eight two in the forty. You're saying why tackle? We just paid Joe Staley, Trent Brown. They've called him one of the best tackles in the league. 
Tackle is an important position. Again, Joe Staley's 34 here. The 49ers have to start looking at the future. Some of these picks are immediate needs. Some of this would be in the second round developing a guy and saying, we think he's going to be a star. Give him some time on the bench. Brian O'Neill, he could come in and compete with Trent Brown. Trent Brown, I think, would obviously win that competition, but they give Brian O'Neill some First team reps over there let Trent Brown know, hey, you're on a contract season here if you don't do what we want you to. It's just so difficult with Trent Brown because he he has a limited skill set in the run game because of his size, but his size is what makes him a great pass protector. He he's such a like a hybrid O lineman. He he can't do it all, but the one thing he's great at is pass protecting. And edge players routinely now go against right tackles because teams have high investments in their left tackle. Now you have Von Miller going against the right tackle a lot. That's how things work in the NFL these days. Having a really good pass-protecting right tackle, if you don't have that spot covered and you miss there, you're going to have you're going to run into O-line problems. So it's a tough decision. I think they're really weighing and adding Brian O'Neill to the mix seems kind of forced in the second round, but also it's a player that fits Kyle Shanahan's mold and it's just giving yourself insurance there because, okay, say actually we do keep Trent Brown. He has an amazing 2018. Joe Staley will be 35. You did just pay him some. You want second-round picks to come in and make an impact, but I wouldn't be stunned just because tackle is such an important position. Now you, you do have a backup there. In case you are making a run and Joe Staley goes out for three weeks, all of a sudden, Brian O'Neill steps in. Wow, we've got this young tackle we're feeling good about. He gets some spot starts with some injuries. I think he's too light and quick on his feet to play guard in the meantime. I think he's a true tackle. But maybe they'll give him guard reps just to give him some experience. Um, Tremaine Edwins, Brian O'Neill, I, I think it would be... Okay, I think that would get graded as kind of a C by the experts, and we'd have to see him on the field. But I think the 49ers could be able to get a better player in the first round. Marcus Davenport, I didn't realize how many guy of you guys really don't want him. This is scenario five. Pick him at Leo. He's not going to start right away. I think then you automatically bring back Elvis Dumerville. I don't like his technique. His pad level's high. We've talked about him on the pod. I would... Give the 49ers a clap and a, a handshake because they recognize that Leo's a problem, but I don't think this is the right fit and value. Davenport feels like a project. It, it doesn't feel like he's going to come in and make an immediate impact out of a small school in Texas. He had great film against Texas A&M. There's good things about him. I love his length. I'm, I'm way bigger of a Harold Landry fan. If that is the pick and it's a risky first-round pick, then I think you go in the second round. Quentin Meeks, Stanford cornerback, John Lynch knows the program, the player. You think he's going to just be a solid guy, competes with a kilo. Maybe he ends up starting day one, but more realistically, I think they would start a kilo, let a kilo struggle a little bit, and then plug in Quentin Meeks or plug in whatever corner they pick in the second round here. Um Akilo's kind of earned that right to start besides Richard Sherman. I don't get how a rookie could come in and unseat Akilo unless he was picking off passes left and right and shutting down Jimmy G. I, I don't think a rookie's going to start over Akilo Witherspoon, and I don't think you should start a rookie. It takes a while to get burnt as an NFL corner. I think that's the hardest position besides quarterback to get adjusted to right away. 
lot of bust at corner. You take a safe pick there. You say, hey, Jimmy Ward is probably gone next season. We need depth. It can't. Akilo is going to be a one B guy at best, and possibly a, a backup that you feel good about with Quentin Meeks as a starter. Stanford guy. If John Lynch loves those guys for better or for worse, we can say what you want about Solomon Thomas. Um, they've had their fair share of, of misses, but I, I would think if it's Marcus Davenport, it'll be a safe pick. Also on defense in round two. KJ Podcast running through draft scenarios. Listen, guys, second round picks can be everything. This can change your franchise. Running down a quick list here. Le'Veon Bell, Derek Carr, Janoris Jenkins, Bobby Wagner, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, receiver from the Saints. Alshon Jeffrey was a second round pick. Landon Collins. Kawan Short was a dominant D lineman for the Panthers. Kalichi Osamele for the Ravens. You can get O-line here. These are just some of the top guys. Um, even last year's second-round pick, Alvin Kamara, New Orleans Saints. How about that? Rookie of the year. You can find one of the best players in the draft in the second round. I tweeted this. I don't think it's going to be a running back. Darius Geis is going to be a first-round pick, in my opinion. I don't think Ronald Jones lasts. I don't think Sonny Michelle last. I don't think Nick Chubb. I think those are all gobbled up in the second round. People realize how good of a running back class this is. Maybe they burn a third round pick on a running back, but they got to remember with Joe Williams too. Not only is he still there, they also feel like they might have wasted a fourth round pick. Kyle might just say, you know what? It's not even worth it here. I can find a comparable guy undrafted or sixth or seventh round. Um... You do have your Rashad Pennies and Mark Walton's guys could be fourth, fifth rounders. Everyone's got their favorite running back in this class. Um, I just don't think at 59, they're gonna, there's going to be a guy worth it there. I'd rather just wait. And I certainly don't want to trade up from 59, like a second and a fourth rounder, just to get a running back. Not after you paid Jarek McKinnon. Not after Kyle's already said Jarek McKinnon is going to be the, our guy. And that's probably only 15 carries a game the way this offense is going to set up, but that's still, you don't want a second round investment on a guy who's going to get what? Nine carries a game in the best case scenario. And I get Atlanta. I totally get Devonte Freeman, Tevin Coleman, what he had working there. I just think there's this defense needs so much more help or the O-line or linebackers or, or corners. I wouldn't hate it, but I I'd, I'd just be like, this guy better make a big impact. You can't really be burning Back-to-back years, a fourth and a second-round pick on running backs if they're not going to come in and have a tremendous role and help this football team. KJ Podcast, San Francisco 49ers, NFL Draft Analysis, Pete's Sports Bar, 426, next Thursday, out there, live podcasting, high-level 49ers football conversations. What are John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan thinking? Who are they going to give Jimmy G to get this team to the playoffs. This draft, uber important. Young players always hate this. I'm sure Adrian Colbert doesn't want Minka Fitzpatrick or, or Derwin James. Akilah Weatherspoon doesn't want Denzel Ward. Young players on this team. I mean, there's going to be competition for spots. You know, Trent Taylor, we all love him. There could be a slot receiver that comes in who clicks with Jimmy G at an even higher level here. Players, you want... Your young players from last year, Kittle, Taylor, 
Colbert, all your little hidden gems, Witherspoon, you want them to feel threatened by this draft class, that they're walking in and these players are there to steal spots, create competition. That's the ultimate goal from this draft. Right away for this tone to continue, for a rookie class to walk in. Last year was completely different. They literally said, rookies, you're starting. Now there's more some establishment there. There's a culture already in place. Some guys could get a little... Let's see how the 2017 class reacts to the 2018 class. Because the 2017 49ers draft class was handed a lot for free. And most NFL buildings, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th rounders don't play at all year one. Because good programs are already established. Those late round picks are for depth. Not the 49ers case. Some of the best players on the team were 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th rounders last year. You hope that continues. There's always going to be misses, but they added solid football players. I think they really know what they're looking for. Kyle knows the running backs that he likes. I think they need a power back. They're totally cool with the short, shifty receivers. Kendrick Bourne kind of is their big body guy, but I guess they could use one more. Position we never talk about is tight end. Kittle can be the 1A. I do think you need a 1B. I was huge on Cole Hikatini in training camp. It didn't translate as much, I guess, when things got more physical, but he is very athletic. I think he'll be given a chance to have a bigger role. Um, Selleck time was good with Jimmy Garoppolo. You compare some veterans. It doesn't have to be all young players, but they didn't touch tight end at all. They obviously let Logan Paulson walk. They don't They don't have a that big mauling blocking guy. I, I could see a third or fourth round pick being on a hybrid tight end. That's also a good blocker and someone who who Kyle can use in the past game too. Yeah, I mean, there's so many positions of need besides quarterback and fullback that any player at any time really does make sense. I guess center too, Weston Richburg, you're going to cross that off with that big of a contract. D-tackle with DeForest Buckner. I don't think they love DJ Jones and Ronald Blair as much. So there could be some kind of another D lineman. It could be a backup nose tackle too. Earl Mitchell isn't as young. There's so much spots, so much depth. My point is, I hope the 2017 class, their feathers aren't ruffled. There's going to be more competition in the building. They aren't going to be the new guys. Their scenario was unique year one. They got coddled a lot by a, a coaching staff. I think there's going to be a little more conflict. I think that's great for this football team. I'd love to see how some of this transpires. KJ podcast, NFL draft, my mock. We'll do that again Monday or Tuesday, my final mock. Just revisiting my last one, I had Josh Allen won to the Browns. I had Buffalo trading up to get Baker Mayfield. I mean, Sam Darnold's not falling to three now. A lot of things have changed, but we'll revisit. There's obviously changes to make in my final pick. Lean and Roquan, guys. I think it's the safest pick. It makes the most sense. You're probably not going to be that good against the run. You need another guy who's good in short space coverage. I would much prefer Roquan over Minka Fitzpatrick. And we all know Harold Landry would be... I would. I might jog down to Santa Clara and just spray champagne. I'd be so happy with the 49ers' decision-making. I think they'd be setting themselves up and this football team to be damn good for a long time. 
really, they, they can't go wrong. I think Tremaine Edmonds could be a good Sam linebacker. I just don't think that's going to drastically shift the defense. This needs to be an impact player. I pulled up my article from the last draft. I said Solomon Thomas better be a Pro Bowl player or this pick was not worth it. I'll retweet that article later so you guys can read it. KJ Podcast, trying to be ahead of the conversation. That's what we do. Predictive analysis, NFL reporting, talking to my people scattered throughout the league, occasionally dropping news, nuggets, notes for you, observations aplenty. Hope to see you at Pete's Sports Bar. Completely understand if you can't make it. Let me know if you're planning on coming. Trying to do some Niners takeover. Actually, if you're planning on attending the Niners party, I think theirs is at Pierre 2933, somewhere over there. Pete's Sports Bar, not too far by, right in North Beach. You can bird over on a bird scooter. KJ Podcast. We'll talk to you again next week. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.